Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Black Lawn Legalized. This is Afro Becky. Becky. <laughs> um, I am also joined by. Joined by Dan, 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 Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. You can keep up with me on social media at I am Dan on Drugs. Keep up with the show across all social media platforms at Black Law Podcast. Oh, I guess it's my turn. Yes. Um, and this is just Dan. And you can and fo- follow me follow, follow. on Twitter, Twitter at I Tell tweet, Legal tweet. Lies. Legal, legal, legal. You know what? You just had to go there. Tweet, I did. Yes, so that's us. And today we are going to discuss predatory loans. Predators. And yeah, you are a predator. Uh-uh-uh. You're right. But there's different types of predatory loans, right? Correct? Some would say that these rapid refund or refund anticipation these damn loans. damn H&R block shits, yeah. Well, anybody that that would do what is called a refund anticipation loan, which is, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it is a loan that is... Um, predicated on your tax income tax refund should you actually get one so there are um, banks out there as well as other financial institutions that will allow you to borrow their money in anticipation of receiving that money back when the irs or some state department of revenue releases your refund Mm-hmm. Now, Becky, let's start with you. What do you think about that? Um, the whole process, therefore, of okay, are you finished with your question? <laughs> that that did not sound like a question to me. Well, what do you What do you think about um these well, refund anticipation? We'll, 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 we'll get there. But um, what do you think about the refund anticipation loan? You do you believe that they are predatory? You going in nature? Yeah. Okay. Why? Well, one thing is, I don't know anything about the interest rate on these loans. Oh, mm-hmm. they'll tell you what it is, correct? Um, mm, they have to. Okay. Um, but Truth me personally, yeah, me personally, I don't know what they are. Um, about one hundred eighty-nine percent. Okay. Lies. If that were true, then hell no. But um, not. It's not far from it. Uh, if. It would depend actually on my financial situation. <laughs> if I would, be, if I think that I would benefit from having this refund anticipation loan um, in my time of need or desperation or whatever situation that I might be in at the time. Okay, okay wait, wait. Let me tell you what I think about them. I think they're a crock of shit. Um, in essence. You are loaning me, and as you, the banks, I guess, the financial institutions, institutions, you are loaning me my money, correct? No, I'm loan you. I am loaning you my money because you don't have any money, right? But which is why I'm loaning you my money. You're loaning me money that essentially I'm going to get. No, there is no guarantee that okay. you will get see, and that's this is this is where. So, well, I still haven't told you what I thought yet. All right, tell me. It's bullshit because here's the thing: basically, when you get a refund anticipation loan, let's face it, you are anticipating that you're going to get a tax refund, right? Mm-hmm. So, you want to get this money before the IRS send you this money so you want like the rapid two three days um you're going in file your taxes you get this loan if you structure your w-4 right throughout the year is it fair to say that you wouldn't need a refund anticipation loan because you can actually accumulate that same amount of money maybe minus eic throughout the entire year maybe maybe so basically, they're completely unnecessary and they cost a lot of money. Like I, I file my taxes every year at H&R Block. Terrible place. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, people. Terrible place. But I, I got the hook up there. I know somebody that works there and they actually they do schedule C's for free. 
<laughs> they be hooking me up, yo. Man, lies. 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 Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Legal. No, I do I do know somebody that works in at it at H and R block. And a lot of the stories I hear from this particular person who I have no reason to distrust says that their clients are usually low income mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who don't have bank accounts, which is why they get their money on these cards or mm-hmm. they get these checks and go to check cash in places that yeah. and we we spoke about that where they charge like 10 percent right. of eight thousand dollars. So you're paying eight hundred dollars to cash your check. Whereas if you file your taxes yourself, you're not paying anybody. Sure. You might not have the know how if you have a complicated tax return such as mine, but do it yourself. You get your money. You pay nobody nothing. And yeah, get- but as you said, most people don't have that knowledge. Number one, right? Number two, um, honestly, about ninety-two percent of people people of color are unbanked or underbanked. There's a describe underbanked. <clears throat> so you have a bank account, checking account, but you don't have a lot of money in it. Okay. You know, you have a bank account. So you're poor, basically, right. with a you, bank account. Right. You have a you have a bank account, but the reason why you have a bank account is because somebody down the line told you to open up a bank account, and you did, and or you got it because your job said that the only way you could get your paycheck direct is deposit. via direct deposit. So but you look, open up. that's when they came out. All right, so real, real quick. I, I used to work for a Domino's Pizza. I moved down here, worked for Domino's Pizza down here. Back home, they cut paper checks. Down here, it was direct deposit only. At the time, I did not have, well, I had a bank account, but I overdrew it, and I had mm-hmm. owed them some money. Mm-hmm. So they, that's when I first saw these little cars. Mm-hmm. Now, this was before, like, the Rush cars and the popular. Netspin and we mm-hmm. had, Green Dot. Yeah, Green right. Dot. But we had cards that were specific to Domino. Mm-hmm. And they put, they put they it put on the card. They put them on the card, mm-hmm. and, yes, there was a fee. Yep. for that so Domino's was basically paying me and then taking some of that money back well the the people that the cards because most of those um most of those cards believe it or not are run through this um financial institution called metabank metabank i've heard of them and uh metabank what they do they don't charge you to put money on the card but they do charge you take money off the card and they used to do a maintenance fee until that was illegal i think obama might have they made right with this whole new what is it cfb something this this whole consumer financial law when they changed because and they targeted things like refund anticipation loans and um payday loans and things like that because they looked at them as predatory lending. The thing is, if you are an Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. or you are a Bernie Sanders and you're at the stage in your life where you're a multimillionaire. And you're old as fuck. Okay. <clears throat> but you don't know what it feels like not to be able to pay a bill. Not or you to, forgot. You know, not. I think, right. I think Bernie would know. Maybe. But. You know, not not to be able to go and buy food, you know, living, literally living paycheck to paycheck. You know, you don't make enough to be on public assistance. Well, you make you too make much. too much to be on public assistance, but you don't make enough for your check to stretch. So what happens is I can't get a conventional loan because my credit score sucks. Mm hmm. And so what I do is I will go to these payday lending places. Okay. Payday loans. Right. And take out a loan. And with those things, you literally have to give them some of them. Collateral. They will accept like a predated check. Right. Some of them you actually have to have a bank account because they will draft that money out of your bank account on the designated day. Um. For the ones that don't, you give them, you give them like uh, um, an interest in something because you know honestly, I've never had to take out a payday loan. But wait, you I- just mentioned interest, okay? I wanna, I got this uh site up right here, and it is bank rate. 
um, the average, the average interest rate on a payday loan is 391%. Mm -hmm. That's right, because it's, it's 14 days. So you think about the turnaround time. Right. It's I not you, a lot of money over 14 days, right. but it is. I give you I give you this money and you have to pay me back within 14 days. So annualized 391%. Now, there is um, some states that ban payday loans like Georgia, North Carolina. They ban payday lending because it is considered predatory. But as I said, if I can't get money from a conventional arena i can't go to a bank or i can't go to my credit union and ask them for a loan the only other thing i have is either i can come to you mm-hmm. as my family and you can you know float me a few dollars until i get paid you know now, that this, ain't happening no wait and and that's actually uh and brings up a good point and also becky brings up a good point is if i know the your financial situation and you're coming to me asking me for money, knowing that I know your financial situation, I would hesitate to give it to you because I'm like sitting back and I've watched you. We're talking close family. Mm-hmm. I've watched how you spend money over the years. I watch what you do with your money when you get it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have an idea why you don't have any money. So I would be hesitant to loan family money. Now, honestly, I was I was my family's bank for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Until one day I snapped and I was like, you know what? These mother, they use, they take their money the bank and they end. do, and they do whatever they want with it. You know, I would see family members on like Facebook partying, mm-hmm. right? And this was after you came and you gave me a sob story and I gave you some money, but then I would see you, you done went out of town. <laughs> Yep. You know, you partying and you sending back pictures of you just parlaying in the cut. And I'm like, wait a minute. So it got to a point that I was like, you know what, man, I, I'm not the one no more. My grandfather used to be our not only our family, but friends uh, banks. Bank. He charged interest. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about my grandfather is you were going to pay him. And that's the one thing like he was an old school hustler. Like, saying, well, that's, I mean, he was a loan short. Sorry. So, so that's that pretty same, much. Yeah, same he grandfather a, that won like acres of land in a poker game in North Carolina. Then yeah. had to move and change his name for reasons unknown. Yeah. But, so, like yeah. I say, your grandfather was a loan shark. I can understand Basically, that. Yeah. So, and he was breaking but, kneecaps if they weren't giving him his money. So that that takes me to though. What? Okay. I can't get a payday loan because I live in a state that bans them. Mm-hmm. My credit score is three hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job mm-hmm. or maybe I'm on fixed income. Like uh, we know of a situation similar to this fixed right. income. Right. I don't have any money. Right. I can't get a conventional loan. I can't get a payday loan. Family won't loan me money. Where can I get money? So then we're talking. Oh, pawn- and, and I can't work because again, I'm on a fixed. We're income. talking pawn shops. Okay. You know, you start pawning stuff and that within itself is a racket. Yeah, you lose a lot of money. You lose an extreme a lot of money. But if you are desperate now, even though in your state it is illegal to um, have payday lending, I know of some websites, yeah, payday, payday lending online. Mm-hmm. And even though you are not um, that your state outlaws it, you can definitely try online payday lending. But it's been brought to my attention that they may even touch you because you may not be able to enforce it in, in that, that state, state because it is illegal in that state. Right. So, I mean, it, and that is why even though um, refund anticipation loans, they are considered predatory as well. Some people actually need them. And yes, they could wait for the money, but. Or they could. Change their withholdings. Right. And and use see, I try to counsel people and I tell people that all the time. Honestly, if you make over a certain amount of money and you're getting a massive refund, you're doing something wrong as far as your W4 is concerned. Because I myself would rather use my money myself over the course of the year. Well, let you, me we'll throw a dollar amount out here. Where are we so at? say say you make 
35. Like thir- I was about to say 35-ish thousand dollars. If you have a large, and you have like three kids, you have a large refund, say five, six thousand dollars, your W-4 is not correct. Because at $35,000 with two kids, you're going to get, you well, with three kids, you're going to get child tax credit, yeah, a little additional child tax credit. EIC is negligible. You yeah, know, you're not going to get yeah. a big pop. So the only other place that the majority of that money is going to come from is you getting withholdings back. Mm-hmm. And if that you are getting a lot of that back, you need to redo your W-4 because basically you just gave the IRS an interest-free loan. Because what they did was use that money to gain interest. Right. And then they gave it back to you. I can tell you what I... What, my tax returns every single year since I've worked, my tax refunds are usually around one to three hundred dollars. I don't get refunds. I mean, if in a perfect world that I, I'd probably be at right around zero. And that's what I try to do. Actually, I try to get it as close to zero as, as possible. possible. But right. you, you just there's certain variables like bonuses and things like that that you can't account right. for. But the, what made me do that is one of my first years, I didn't realize Louisiana, because I'm from the D.C. area, I didn't realize Louisiana had one of the highest um, state income tax rate income tax. Mm-hmm. So I went with whatever I went with in D.C. and I ended up owing Going the state up. like 200 bucks. And I'm mm-hmm. like, back then, $200 was a lot of money to me. So I'm like, shit, I got to fix this. So ever since then, I sat down, figured it out. I not only do I claim uh, have zero exemptions on my W-4, I also tell um, tell them to take an additional ten dollars per pay per paycheck to go towards the government. Uh, FYI, I don't. I I honestly prefer to owe the government. I I don't like to owe people money. I really do. We've had this discussion before. I I don't like to borrow. I don't like to owe. But I prefer to owe them not like a massive amount of money. The one time that I did get in recent memory, I, I remember fifty memory bucks. Fifty dollars. We and were I balling, blew, and I blew it all on alcohol. We were balling, and blew, you claim not to be an alcoholic. I okay. blew that fifty dollars on drinks at the bar on a Friday night, man. It was like whoo, it was a windfall. Fifty dollars. I remember that. So, she, she was excited, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Rolled her chair back. I'm getting a refund. <laughs> like, oh, for oh. real? How much? Fifty dollars. Sit your ass. Man, down. look. Oh shit. I was all kind of geeked out. I mean, kids, you talk about years and years and years of paying these people. Like I said, not a massive amount of money, like two hundred, three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but so, so why why do you prefer to owe them? Because I don't like giving the government my money. Well, you're they essentially got, giving it to them. I, well, here's the thing. I have given them barely enough. You know, I, I too try to get to that zero, the wash. I don't mm-hmm. owe them. They don't owe me. But sometimes I make calculation errors. So if it's like $100 or $200 that I give them, okay, y'all got me. Here it is and keep rolling. But so is that is that what because I know that you have worked with people in the financial industry, as have I, in a different capacity at least. But um, is that what you would recommend for the everyday I Joe? I don't advocate the everyday person be- owing the government anything, and the reason why I say that is because of the mentality. Because you look at people, literally, what I find they. Free money. One thousand percent believe that this is money that's owed to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they say, I work hard for this money. The government owes me this money. That's the mentality. So But it's your money all along. When when it is not actually it's not even their money. It is taxpayers' dollars, especially people Wait, who so get We're not talking credit. about your withholding. Okay. No, okay. we're not okay. talking about withholding. Okay. We're talking about the extra. We're talking about the EIC. The um, earned income credit, the child tax credit, or other credit that you would be eligible for. That's free money. Literally. It's money that 
the reason you have yeah, it is it because is. you have kids. Let me let me ask you this in all seriousness. Uh, I've debated this a few times online, but then I've backed out of the debates because I don't like to really debate with people. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the EIC? Should we get rid of EIC? No. Okay. I'm going to tell why? you why. And, here's, and here is why. That free money windfall, people... Like I said, it all goes back to mentality. And it all goes back into the economy almost instantly. Exactly right. That is 100% right. Because we've literally seen people get $8,000 refunds. And by the next week, they're calling trying to find out where their state refunds are. I'm broke. Those $8,000 refunds are gone before they get them. And for those of you that this... I'll, I'll big up New Orleans again, <laughs> who are unfamiliar with Mardi Gras and tax time come mm. hand in mm. hand. People Absolutely. will spend thousands on Mardi Gras outfits, we need outfits and we need throws the setup, and yeah, everything. And we need to get our food and everything else together. That used to be a big thing. Like I needed to get my refund before Mardi Gras. It is still a big thing. Yeah. I need to get my money, which is. Going back to refund anticipation loans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, tax laws changed. The government now, it used to be you filed your taxes 10 10 to 14 days later, you had your refund. Mm -hmm. I used to look at people and be like, man, y'all stupid. Because sometimes they would get refund anticipation loans one week, the very next week, their refund was coming. It takes me, honestly, every year. Seven, within seven days, I have my refund. Right. but that's Sometimes even it, shorter. That's because you don't have earned income credit on your tax return. Because nowadays. No, some some years I did. Well, yeah. Well, I can see. That was before Couple two hundred. years ago. Two, two years. Yep. Before two tax seasons. Man, ago. don't tell them when I started making eight <laughs> figures, man. Don't tell them when I started making eight figures. Because as of two years ago, tax law change, anybody with earned income credit or child tax credit or certain other credits. Schedule A too, huh? Your refund, nah. What, your, what, what was the thing with the Schedule A? They weren't processing. Okay. Uh, they weren't processing until a certain Ladies point. and gentlemen, Schedule A is itemization pretty much. Right. So um, some of the extenders, well, I know y'all don't particularly know what extenders were. That particular year, some of the extenders had not um, been... Uh, Updated? Well... They had not passed them yet, but they were in the process. So they needed to update the whole Schedule A form. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't process them until that went into effect. But anyway, so tax law changed. You cannot, if you have those certain things like EIC or additional child tax credit, child tax credit, and other credits on your tax return, you cannot get your refund Prior to February 15th, the IRS will not even start processing your tax return until February 15th, which means that your refund is not coming until the end of February. And that is because they're scrutinizing these particular returns. They are waiting for um, income verification. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for other. See, something new that the IRS finally learned how to do. They learned how to communicate. Mm. Can we say communication, kids? They learned how to communicate with other government agencies. Because believe it or not, Ooh. they don't talk. Let me tell y'all <laughs> a story real quick. They don't, they don't talk. Okay, I'm going to tell y'all a quick story. Now, for those of you who... And, and you got a 50-50 chance right now. <laughs> if you want to go to your local H&R block and file for one of these refund tax mm-hmm. refund anticipation loans mm-hmm. and you owe a shitload of student loans that you have not been paying on go to your h&r block get your refund anticipation loan h&r block ain't gonna get paid but you sure will <laughs> 50 50 chance so this is just for all you people out here who owe student loans go to h&r block Stupid. Or or jackson hewitt or what other other place liberty tax mm-hmm. all those places if you go there before the IRS is oh. officially open and you know you owe student loans, psh, go in there and get your refund anticipation loan because at the end of the day, you're going to walk out with a check, whatever their max is, depending on, and they ain't never going to get paid. And you got your money. 
So which, pay, which, pay your student loans <laughs> with that money. Nah, you won't. But which leads us to these the advent of refund anticipation loans and why they're important now. Because as I said, people were used to seven, 10, 14 day turnaround times for their tax refunds. Now the government's holding those tax returns until the end of February. So you have people who have filed taxes in January and who are ready and you have to wait, what, six to eight weeks mm-hmm. to get a, a tax refund. So they are all over these refund anticipation loans. But didn't didn't at one point to the government try to get rid of refund, refund anticipation they loans? They did. What the government did was um, in order to help with underwriting these loans, which is basically risk management, they decide whether or not the li- what the likelihood of the government actually sending you your refund and your loan, the loan being repaid was. That's what basically that's what underwriting basically is. What the government was doing was if you had a debt, you mentioned student loans, if you had any sort of governmental debt. They would send to the bank what's called a debt indicator. So Child support. It, would, it would tell you if this person owed the federal government or state government or both. Well, the um, IRS said, you know what? We don't want y'all doing this. So they took that aspect away. They would no longer send banks debt indicators. And what that did was that basically put a freeze because now I don't know whether or not you owe money. Right. So the likelihood of me actually getting repaid from your, from your refund, I don't know what that is. Thinking out loud real quick. If you have 20 years worth of data on a, just say one taxpayer, right? Mm-hmm. You probably know what the likeliness, regardless of a debt indicator. If I mean, you of have course, 20, if you have 20 years worth of data. Right. Things could change. But in a blink of an eye. Right. That that at least gives you a look into, OK, this might be a good loan. Right. Which is what which is what banks did. They basically started what I know some banks did. They started buying information from other sources to see if. This person had any sort of judgments or debts or whatever. And they put it all in this. um, And they do credit checks. Computer. They don't do credit checks like that. They put it in a computer system and this algorithm spits out a yeah or nay. It's all computer driven now. And so it spits out what's the likelihood of us getting our money back. And if it's a high percentage and they do it by percentages, high percentages. There you go. You get a loan if it's a low percentage. And believe it or not, you mentioned payday loans at 390 whatever percent. The the refund anticipation loans that I've seen lately, the APR on them are like 39.2%. Isn't there there a legal max? I thought it was like 36% or some shit. Well, it all depends on if you're military or not. It used to be that military... Members of the military could not get refund anticipation loans because no, you look like you're tweaking on camera, son. Not, <laughs> I itch right there because that percent the APRs were too high. But for the loans, and we're talking about loans up to six thousand dollars, thirty nine percent is not bad considering that. What the, is that like? Okay, that that's actually because a lot of people don't know how. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm one of them. Don't know how APRs, APY, like there's a difference between the APR and APY. All right. What I know is, let's take one of my credit cards, my personal credit card. Mm -hmm. My interest rate is about 10%. I don't know what the fuck that means. And I always pay my credit cards off like shortly after spending. So I hardly ever pay interest. And I recommend people do that. Shop with a credit card and because they have layers of protections. And in a previous episode, we talked about um, car insurance mm-hmm. and um, what was it? Warranty extensions mm-hmm. and also cash back, but shop with a credit card, but pay the shit off before the end of the month. That's what I do. So before your next cycle, right? So right. In- interest and rate- that's something else, you know, cutting you off 
Yes. I know it, it, it stops you, but know when your bills actually cycle to the next month. They let you choose that now, too. Yeah, they do. But most people don't know what it is. And if you pay it before that next cycle. No interest. Right. So, OK, with my 10 percent interest, am I paying 10 percent per month? You're on paying my 10 balance? percent daily because it's compounded. You are paying interest on interest. Because your whatever your daily balance is, you're charged. Then you're paying interest on interest. You're paying. You're. It's like you're paying a little bit of interest every day. Right. I get that. So and then well, my ten percent. I'm not paying ten percent per day because if I had a hundred dollars, no, I'd be paying ten dollars right, a day. No, you're not paying. You're not paying ten percent per day. The ten percent is the annual rate that you're paying. Okay. So so it's like three. It's it's something like whatever your balance is times 360 divided by whatever whatever gives you you know there's a formula to this to to this madness so it's a daily rate that you pay that basically adds up to 10 percent annually but when you allow when you allow balances let me explain this because i know exactly where you're going so if you charge 200 dollars for Christmas, okay? January comes around mm-hmm. and you pay the minimum, $20. Mm-hmm. You are going to start accumulating interest. interest. So the next month, February, you pay the bare minimum, mm-hmm. another $20. You're still accumulating interest. Next but, month, same thing, bare minimum, another $20. So, so far you've paid $60 on $200. But you but are paying interest on, on top. The, of on the interest that has accrued right. over that time. Now, right. that's something I did learn and I said, Damn, that's a scam. Do you want to know where I learned that? Buying a fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) Up until then, I did not know. Because again, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to sit here and try to act like I I know something I don't. Right. You you were financially literate. Right. In that that aspect. Yes. Right. Right. No. But so what the moral of the story is, payday loans and refund anticipation loans are predatory loans. But they have their places. They do have their places and they do have their purpose. Now, what I hate to see is people who and I know somebody who did this in Louisiana actually used to allow this. I don't know if they do anymore. They would get a payday loan from this place. They would roll and get a payday loan. They would have like three outstanding payday loans. So would they like rob Peter to pay Paul in that situation? Pretty much in the end. Then. They would default on one or two of them, you know, try to pay this one, then get some money from this one to try to pay this one. It's the craziest. It's like a pyramid scheme. Craziest Mm -hmm. thing ever. But one thing, there's a couple of states. Well, there are a couple of states that will limit, which is a good thing to me, because if payday loans are stopgaps, they really are. That is, I need money fast. I can't get it conventionally. Let me go here. So there are some states that will limit the amount of payday loans you can make in a year. Like just like savings account withdrawals. Yeah. You can only do what? Six per month? Six in a month. And then you start paying. Well, you can only like, I think can't remember what state it is. They limit, they limit you to eight in a year after eight. You cannot get any more. And that is regulated and all these these payday lenders have a system that they input your information into. Kind of like with prescription drugs, ask me how I know. Exactly but, right. So what we see too a lot in our community is bro man, right? Bro man, he done got his eight payday loans. Now he goes find finds find some woman with low self-esteem mm. maybe who's looking for a little attention because i know <laughs> oh, somebody talk- like this oh lord don't tell me you're talking about the uh the scam the well the tax time scam basically <laughs> so uh you know treat her nice she um might be undesirable whatever the case may be pay her some attention then you ask her can you go get a payday loan for me i pay it back but uh Look, my situation is blah. So, boom, she gets you one. Then, hey, look, can you give me another payday loan? You get eight from her, and then tell her to kick rocks. You go find another one. And go get eight from them. Eight from them. 
Now, yes. you know people like this. Uh, maybe not necessarily will pay their loans, yeah, but yeah. we all know that one person who finds a way to find a way. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I think payday loans are a necessary evil. I grew up with them, not necessarily using them, but I grew up with all of the payday loan spots, the check cashing spots and all that in my neighborhood. And in a prior episode, we talked about um, how I was baffled that like I would get um, birthday checks from aunts and uncles that send it in the mail. Mm. And I take it down to the check cashing spot and pay six dollars to cash a twenty dollar check. And when I when I got older, I was just like, what the fuck was I doing? But that's all we knew. So definitely financial literacy is a big thing. If you have to get a payday loan. I'd have to go with you probably mismanaged some money along the way. Same with the tax refund, uh, tax anticipation loan. You at some point probably mismanaged some money. No, no, I, I don't think that's necessarily the situation. Maybe um, somebody got sick and the who happens to be the breadwinner of your household. Okay. And wait, hold on. You sick? Uh, I, I didn't say that. No, okay, I, okay. I agree. I agree with Becky. You know, in in our communities. Wait, and this hold on. Is I just want to say I didn't speak in absolute. I <clears> said <throat> probably, but go ahead. Well, right. And so, as I said, I agree with Becky. You know, in our communities, I said we're either unbanked or underbanked. We don't have savings. Not a lot of us, and we don't have enough money. That we can put money, even though, you know, I tell people start out small, save $10 a paycheck. But some people can't afford to even save $10 a paycheck because they are are literally living paycheck to paycheck. And And people don't wait. People don't understand. Now, I personally have lived paycheck to paycheck. I was about to say, so have I. But. People don't understand. They People who have never done it don't understand. Living paycheck to paycheck does not mean you have enough money to get you to your next, next paycheck. paycheck. That's right. No, it means that you have enough money to maybe pay this bill, this bill, the important bills, push the others to the side so until you get your, you next, get your paycheck, next paycheck. And then you but pay, you're always behind the eight ball right. because... You're paying shuffle because right. guess what? what? What's about to get cut off? Exactly. Let me pay that. And then I'm going to do whatever. And like I said, I know what that feels like. I lived in a household, as I'm saying all the time, with two parents. Problem is, only one of them worked. Mm-hmm. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a laborer. And he wasn't making like seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $80,000, $90,000 a year. Bullshit. You know? Shut up. Because see, once again... You have no, this, this is vision. not skewed because I know what your father does. You, you have this skewed vision. I know what he yes, does. But you know what my father did, but do you know what it took for my father to get there? Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot my, of hard my work. Father, my father did not start out like that. I, I'm sure it took a okay, lot of hard work. So, but. so as realized that my parents were married when my dad, I was born when my dad was 20. Okay. Damn, so he old now. So. I was born when my dad was 20. And what 20-year-old you know that doesn't come from family wealth starts out wealthy? I know a couple. Not wealthy, but let me, let me, yeah. ask, you, let me ask you this, too, because uh, we're about to have to wrap up. How old were you when you first got money? And when I say you first got money, I don't mean you're wealthy, you're rich, but when money was not a primary concern. Like when when I realized that if um I didn't get paid the next paycheck I'd be good. Not not even that. that. If you if you didn't get paid for the next two or three months, you'll still be. I still be good. Yeah. How old was I when that happened? Gotta think because right because you know for a minute I was a perpetual student, so I was in I was in school for a very large portion of my life. Is he pocket and Pell grants, man? Pell shit. My daddy made too much money for me to oh, get Oh, Pell wait. Grant. First, he ain't make no money. Now. <laughs> yes, but by the time I got to college, my daddy made too much money for me to get Pell Grants. So, no. Um, 35. 35. Okay. 
so 30 in your, in your 30s 30s in my 30s okay uh for me i reached that point in my late 20s and that was because i had a lot of help along the way but i also going back to that kevin hart documentary and talking about he grew up poor dirt poor they shared a house with three other families type of shit i know what it's like and i promised myself i would never go back and and i'm talking about i'm making like at the time 10 12 dollars an hour maybe i don't care i'm never going back so i was stashing money left and right like you said 10 dollars if that's all i could do but okay. that shit adds up because ladies and gentlemen when i finally started contributing to my ira i was doing 30 dollars a month maybe uh or maybe 30 dollars a check one or the other I looked up maybe five years down the line and there was like 10 grand just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And that's off of let, let's split hairs and say $50 a month. But see, like and I the said, comp- company matches, but that's, that's too. if you have it, but right. we're talking about, you know, people that don't even have $10 to put away in a cookie jar. Right. No, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm but talking about stay yourself. out my mouth. Um, no, <laughs> talking about yourself. Yeah. I'm right. talking about myself. So late twenties, I got to a point where if I lost my job, and I had to go job hunting for a couple of months, I would have be been good. okay. Becky, how old were you when you had enough money saved to where if you lose your job, you're okay for a couple of months? I would say uh, early 30s. All right. See, early 30s. That's me. Yeah. So, so late 20s, but, early 30s. But, but I'm with you. And the reason why I did that, because like I said, by the time I hit college, my parents were comfortable. But prior to that, I saw them Becky, living. Becky's parents rich. <laughs> You know, I saw them living paycheck to paycheck. I saw what it was when, you know, my mom, she made our clothes. I didn't I didn't start buying like I didn't have Nikes. I didn't have, you know, back then. Jordash. Tree torn and tree torn coming back. Tree torn and all the other stuff. I didn't have any of that. You know, my tennis shoes came from like Walmart or, you know, we were going to like the thrift store and. That's where if if we were, I was actually buying clothes. Some of it came from the thrift store. My parents would go to like, my mother would go to like Sears and JCPenney's when we could. But it wasn't like I was hanging out, going, you know, shopping in the mall and all this other stuff. Mm. Teenage girls was doing that. And I was like, you I know why I got my clothes? I ain't got it. Thrift store. That's what I'm saying. We, we, went, we went to the thrift store too. Have you ever witnessed your parents struggle financially? No, I have never witnessed it because I think they hid it from me. Okay. I don't think that they so shared that with me. You, you well, let me tell know. you, your parents, your parents really don't share, but you, know. you see, right? Because it wasn't like my daddy would, or my mom would come and say, you know, we can't get you X, Y, and Z. But you would look in the refrigerator and see what was in there. You know what I'm saying? You would look in the cabinet. And see what was in there. And then when you heard other people talk about what they had in their house and see what they were wearing. And then you looked at yourself and you was like, I don't hear nobody else talking about they was down at the red, white and blue. You know, I mean, in comparison to you, my mom did make my clothes at some point when I was really young. Um I think she did it because she wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I think it was more so because, and also, you know, it was really little. So having to shop for shop right. and then, yeah. Um, I think we all were really little when we were <laughs> kids. Shut up, I was girl. littler. I know anyway, what she's saying. Um, But I never really had any of the name brand, you know, stuff. Um, Man, I remember... So when Becky came down here, right, this was before online shopping was like blew up. I remember, man, I was like, we got to do something about this wardrobe, bro. And you remember the baby fat, uh, the yeah. baby fat boots? Baby with, fat? Yeah, they look like coach. They had the emblem uh, or whatever. And man. the, and the, um, the jeans. Yeah, and the jeans. And she going to argue me down, right? One thing I know is a woman's body. That is one thing that I do know. Like, I could tell your breast size just by looking from about 400 feet away. So, she was trying to get a size four. I said, you a size two. No, I'm not. I ain't no size two. I'm a size four. Nah, you're size two. I mean, you, you remember that day? Yeah. I ain't no size. 
Just try them on. Goes back, tries them on. Ooh, these make my booty look good. Mm. That's because you're wearing the right size. Mm. No, but um, I don't even know why I told that story. Because. But what I was going to say, I was just being dumb. But what, I'm, what I was going to say is the reason why I asked if you've ever seen your parents struggle financially is there's certain certain tendencies that we have. And I'm sure you see certain tendencies with me where, for instance, we're looking for new furniture. We've been looking for new furniture for over a year now. Our furniture is literally falling apart. But it's you crumbling. Spend, it, you don't want to yeah. spend the money. I don't want to spend mm-hmm. the money. So she found a nice couch at a Costco. Reasonably priced. Love seat. Eh. So she put it in a cart at Costco to have it delivered. After tax, after it came up to $2,500. Now, that's reasonable before a living room set. But paying no damn $25. But that that's me. And my anxiety of being broke again and not yeah. having money. So Financial I have to. insecurity. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to spend the bare minimum. And I know that irritates the fuck out of Becky sometimes because she'll say, hey, da, da. I'm like too expensive, too expensive. Does that irritate you? In this situation, yes, it did. Because I was ready to like go get it yesterday. Right. See? I can understand that. And but for me. She hasn't. Well, she's never experienced the, what we're talking about, right. living paycheck to paycheck and being poor. So that anxiety, we know, you and I both know this man who is a multimillionaire. We talk about him every so often. Mm-hmm. He has financial insecurities. insecurities as well. He is very cheap. And he actually calls me his brother. Because and that, and <laughs> he yes. says that? Yes. Oh, because, because he is extremely frugal as well. This This man will literally like, he doesn't buy clothes. And then when People he does give him clothes, <laughs> right? Like, because they're tired of watching him wear the same thing over and over again, because he will wear it until it falls off. Mm-hmm. Literally, he caught a pair of jeans on a nail and there's a hole in it. And he was like, it's a good thing is the, the holy jean trend is back, huh? <laughs> that dude it was like me. I got three pair of sweatpants. That's it. Now, I let me say three colors three different types of sweatpants, but they're all the same three colors, gray, dark gray, and black. Mm -hmm. And I have old navy, gray, dark gray, black, puma, gray, dark gray, black, (laughs) puma, gray, dark gray, and black. Puma from Costco. Yeah, they're from Costco. Whatever Costco has, I'll get. So I have nine pairs of sweatpants, but you can't tell the difference because they're all the same color, basically, same style. And I don't give a fuck because fuck it. Man, right. I'd rather spend my money <clears throat> when I need it and one or day have it when have it when you need it. And and that's 100 percent. But like I said, and you said it, expressed it. And I will reiterate payday loans. Yes, they are predatory. Refund anticipation loans. Yes, they are predatory, but they serve a purpose. What else is predatory? Is there anything else that falls? I guess there's Shit, like there I, used I, credit, I, card, I, credit card interest rates. Yeah. That's predatory. As Auto well as. Financing. Um, uh more housing mortgage oh yeah especially you know when we talk about when the the real estate bubble burst Mm -hmm. and all these subprime loans Mm -hmm. which largely affected people of color oh we got some white folks in there too though (laughs) that's that's, why the tea party existed (laughs) i guess (laughs) right but you know but that's who who were actually receiving these subprime loans though yeah, what, I know. Where I know a stripper, right? So you know a stripper? No, I don't. I know of a stripper <laughs> who worked in Miami. She was a stripper. That's all. Her only skill was a stripper. So she would have exotic she dancer. At, thank you. She would have. She worked at a popular strip club where wealthier individuals would come mm-hmm. in. One of them was a realtor, mm-hmm. and niggas will talk and talk and talk when they got pussy in their face. They will tell you all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. This realtor got her set up in like six different houses in Miami. Six different houses. Condos. And the Miami housing market is horrible. Expen- uh-huh. It's expensive as fuck. Hell yeah. Six of them. No money down. Oh. Got her set up. So in her mind, she balling now. Mm-hmm. And then I think she like rented a couple of them and this, that. But once the shit came crashing down and she couldn't pay the notes. And her notes went from six hundred a month to twelve hundred a month to eighteen hundred a month. All of them in foreclosure. All of them went into foreclosure. Fucked her credit up. She homeless, and now she's too old to strip because. She, and that's our only skill, right? Yeah, that, that was that's it. Crazy. 
Like I said, these <clears throat> we in communities of color, we fall prey to predatory lending. But the reason why we fall prey to things like this is because we are financially literate. For the most part. Right. And there's a lot of financial insecurity in our communities. So we fall prey to these. We we literally step into these things because that's what we've known. That's the way that we know to survive. But let they me, do have their places. Let me piggyback real quick off of that. So uh, talking about communities of color being financially illiterate, there's some other things that we are too. And it, it pains me to see this one fashion. When you see somebody, and we talked about this before, see somebody who makes like $12,000, $13,000 a year, spend $3,000 on a purse, purse or whatever. But you look at fashion is like one of the biggest ripoffs. And you look at your favorite celebrity, your Kardashians and all them and the shit that they're wearing. And you're like, okay, I want to buy that Chanel. I want to buy that. What? They're not paying for these clothes. They, they don't are, have to. They are given those clothes right. so that you run out and buy them. But why is it that you largely don't see that in white communities to wear fashion? They don't care. But our communities who are financially disparaged, we care more about what we look like than. Well, I think it's a, it's, it's a control mechanism. And that's that's what, you know, I think about that every now and then and that's the conclusion that i've come to it's like this is what we can control you know that whole fake it till you make it right i need you to see that i'm balling out of control so i am and this is the way that i can control what what your perception of me is and so i am going to dress a certain way so you perceive me a certain way and i am going to use the means that i have in order to get these things so you can perceive me in that certain way, which is crazy, but it's what we do. It's a damn shame. So there you have it, people. Again, payday loans, predatory. These tax. Free fund anticipation loans. Predatory. predatory. Mortgages, but predatory. They all have their places, though, in the scheme of things, if you keep them under control, is when we misuse and out of abuse. control right and misuse these things i mean because honestly anything that we just let control us is not necessarily good for us and fuck what the next man think as far as what you look like what exactly. you're wearing my name is dan keep up with me on twitter and ig at i am dan on drugs the show all platforms black law podcast and also if you're really concerned about fashion <laughs> cop one of these t-shirts out merch. of our shop blacklawpodcast.com forward slash shop hi and i'm just staying and thank you for listening you can follow me on twitter at i tell legal lies and deep from the heart of afro becky i want to thank you for joining us becky. for this infotaining whoop, whoop. episode of black on legal lies y'all have a great week. Yes. Thanks.